uh, like a lot of people in um, hospitality, and I suppose in, in every industry really, um, um, I was sort of uh, burning the candle at both ends. Um, and, you know, I, since probably before I even got into that um, as a kid, um, probably partied and, uh, you know, drank a lot and did a lot of drugs and all that sort of stuff. And then <laughs> there comes a point in, in your life where you, you've got to kind of make a decision. And, and uh, I suppose that's part of um, growing up. Kia ora everyone, that was Ultra Chef Pat Bowering. I'm Matt Raymond. I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio, interesting conversations with interesting runners. Dirt Church Radio is brought to you by Spring Energy. Spring was founded in the USA in 2014 with a strong belief that energy supplements can be made with natural ingredients. Driven by science, equipped with vast athletic experience and inspired by a passion for a healthy lifestyle, they designed a unique formula for 100% natural gel. They love it and so will you. And I actually love it as well. And as we've covered before, I have a crippling fear of bananas and these things have banana in them. But they've also got delicious things like peanut butter, hazelnuts, uh, raspberries, cranberries, mango, ba- basmati rice, um, citric acid, caffeine in some of them, and they really are delicious and fantastic. And you, Dirt Church listeners, if you enter the code at myspringenergy.co.nz, DCR Spring, that's DCR Spring, you'll receive 10% off any purchase. If you head along to ultraspire.co.nz and enter the code ALPHA4, you'll receive 15% off pre order for their brand new Alpha 4 pack, and that special ends this week. So as you're listening to this podcast, be heading along to ultraspire.co.nz, check out the amazing new features on the Alpha 4. It looks like a massive improvement if there could be such a thing on the Alpha 3, which I have, I love. Um, And yeah, Alpha 4, and you'll get 15% off the pre-order of the new Alpha 4 pack. Last and not least, check out Further Faster in Christchurch. They're a small shop who love big adventures in the mountains, the trails, the plains, the peaks, hiking, running, everything. They're dog friendly. They love hanging out. They love talking about gear. If you go in, mention that you're a Dirt Church radio um, listener, they will love you even more. Check out their hikes and peak competition that they've got going on at the moment where they're pasting cryptic clues all over the internet in this August they have a raft of things going on not least their demo pack raft and kayaks which they will give you to try free I believe although it sounds quite deadly because if you gave me a pack raft it would be sending me to a watery grave but nonetheless we love Feather Faster and if you check them out at featherfaster.co.nz that's a great thing Radio. So it took me like four hours to get his name right. I was deeply, deeply embarrassed, it, as you've just heard. I did just go back through the outtakes, and there were a few. But what I admired was your professionalism at wanting to get his name right, especially uh, after our conversation last week about people getting our names wrong, yes. which, by the way, did cause a bit of hilarity amongst people who found my the versions of my name, Ongan, Ongan. Huge Jeans, Big Hams, uh, very funny. Fun Gary. Anyway. One person called it Comedy Gold. Anyway, there you go. We made it. Unintentionally, we made it. Dirt Episode Church 55. Radio. Talking over each other as we are. And this Since is the, the second 
uh, week that we will have split off into our component molecules. Mm, um, that's right. For me to speak with the Ultra Chef. Yes. Pat Bowring. I was gutted to have missed it. Yeah, it was a great chat. And as mm. someone who's who came up sort of circuitously, you know, following him on, again, on social media, um, and it was a, a ripping yarn. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. good to talk to, you know, someone from down under as well. It's yeah, to... absolutely. Because um, just a quick shout out to our, I think I've shown you before, the spread of our listeners. Yep. They come from all over the place, but quite a few of you are in Australia. Yeah, wow. Mm. We're not going to talk about the rugby. Hey, the Black Ferns won. Yeah, yeah, 4710. Oh, fantastic. They thrashed them. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, right. Uh, thanks for all the feedback about last that show. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at you. I'm not thanking you. I'm thanking... <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, Matt, why, do I call, why do I call you that when I'm being all serious? Because everyone does. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My sort of mother, like my sister, yeah. Rebecca, yeah. when it's serious. Oh, no. It's, when yeah. you hear that, it's serious. Yeah. Is that why you just sort of flinched a little That's bit? That's right. right. That's why I did. <laughs> anyway, thank you to the listeners for the feedback about last week's show, um, especially to Fiona herself, because Fiona Love herself, because she just dropped a whole bunch of wisdom. Um, and it was really interesting. And after we recorded the chat with her, she went and got herself injured. Oh. So she's sitting on the sideline. So good luck for a speedy recovery. And thanks again for coming on the show. And thank you, listeners, for your feedback about yeah, it. It was yeah. amazing. It was a real, I think that, you know, some of the ones we record... Or some of the shows that we put out, you, you know, you get an immediate sense like this is going to take off or this is going to, you know, perhaps be a bit of a slow burner. The uh, I thought this was going to be a slow burner, but the the amount of feedback that we've had mm. and the, the engagement that we've had has been really amazing Incredible. from it. So thank you, Fiona. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that window. Bit of yeah. housekeeping. That window is closing rapidly, but you've still got a little bit of time to... It's like a slider window that's sort like of slowly a, yeah. coming across. And the, jump yeah. through it, jump through it, that's go. That's right. Does anyone know what we're talking about? No, right. we buried the lead again. Mm-hmm. Um, t-shirts, mm. Dirt Church merch, uh, Dirt Church Radio t-shirts open to pre-order until Friday, August 23rd. Speaking of Australia, we have had orders from Australia. Yeah, we've had several orders from Australia. There you go. So there we go. We've so had... how do you do it? How do you do it? Well, you contact dirtchurchmerch at gmail.com. And for those of you who, that's Dirt Church, spelled normally, and merch, but I accents you'd think that there would be a U, but it's an E. So dirtchurchmerch at gmail.com and $39 plus $6 postage and packaging in New Zealand. And for those outside of New Zealand, we will... thirty nine ninety five plus we'll arrange a rate. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, check them out on the website, on the uh-huh. social medias. And, you know, this is used. We're, we're trying to raise money to keep the lights on, essentially. Pretty much. So, um, but yeah, you can, and, and also to let people look funky and cool. Yeah. Is that, are those words? Uh, yeah, they are words. They're words. Yeah. Not appropriate? No, that's appropriate. Okay. All right. That's good. I have to check with Matt all the time. And uh, my, I'm sort of not, I'm not, I'm not the fashionista of us. Well, you yeah, know, you're doing all right. Okay. Thanks. Anyway, I would look fashionable with a dirt church radio You would, t-shirt. mate. You would. <laughs> there we go. But a boom. All right. I've, um, yeah. How, how, how's your running been going? Hey, that rock star dog of yours. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> That's a cute little story. <laughs> I was out in the forest running the other day and passed a group of runners, and I was running an interval, so I was running uh, relatively hard. Were you Zach Miller it? I was making noises like Zach Miller, I didn't yep. about the pace. Um, passed a group of runners and said hello, kept on going, and then I heard from the back, because Riggs was doing whatever dogs do, uh, oh, Rigby! <laughs> 
He's world famous. Yeah, come here, rugby. And he was like, no, nah, no way, because I'm running. And yeah, he doesn't socialise when he's running, does he? No, he he's really doesn't. He's focused. He's focused. He's really funny. When we're out in the forest, he, he just completely ignores me. When I go over to Matt's house, he's just jumping on me. And yeah, he's really excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in the forest, he's like, I'm, you're dead to me. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got a mission. I've got one job. Yeah, yeah. But it's good to see that rugby's becoming more famous than us. That's so good. I've been back uh, doing some miles. Yep. Yep. How's had that? A, had a couple of weeks off and then I've been back into it, getting into the grind, you know, building the base. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. good. Going it's been well. good. Yeah, it's been going all right. I did have the pleasure of helping a friend run a parkrun PB on Saturday. That's awesome. It was cool. Yeah. Um, and like out in front of us, like way out in front of us. Yeah. Was our friend of the show and guest on episode 33, Gareth Morris. Yes, I saw that. Who in. cruised to victory in about 1814, but paid the price for the parkrun sin of having forgotten his barcode. Oh, no. So, so the results so he came won through. It. He won it. Yeah. Got got the W. Uh, but in the results, if you look, it says, number one, unknown. Oh, no. Oh, there yeah. we go. Congratulations on the win. Maybe it's all the speed. And thank you for the run on Sunday. I did enjoy catching up with Gareth. Nice. On Sunday. I yeah. struggled this week, actually, because family life kind of yeah. lurched back into it. And I really had to... Um, I've had a... Uh, probably a run of quite uninterrupted running and, and, you know, kind of being able to... And I had to really put it back in its box. And mm. I, I must admit I struggled with it a little bit. But we have to go through that, don't we? Yeah. You I know? still struggled with it, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. 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 Interesting, but that is life. And it kind of... It it's almost like those sort of old... Not old cognitions, but like... Haven't been able to do a double long run. Oh, my God. I might as well just quit Kepler and stop now. Do right. you know? And it's those totally irrational, ridiculous yeah, thoughts. Totally. And then, But I guess it's recognizing them and not sort of feeding them. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Key. Yeah, just not going crazy with it. Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to give a quick shout out Go to on. another winner. Yes. Our editor, Kieran. Yes. Also happens to be my younger boy. Yes. Victory at the North Harbour under 19A basketball final with his school team on Friday night. Fantastic. There you go. Yeah. And I mean, you wouldn't think his school would be a powerhouse of college bar or high school basketball, but yet they're there. little school. Yeah, and and what was really good was that it was they played together as a team. Um, there was tough competitiveness and good sportsmanship, and it really just made you proud of kids in general, both teams. You know? Yeah, um, you know, kind of. You know, it's always it's sort of tradition, isn't it, to sort of you know gripe and groan about about kids these days. No, I but it was really uplifting, and I really enjoyed being there and managed to be on the school bench and not screw it up. <laughs> Which is good fun. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, I just wanted to say congratulations and very well and, deserved. And the kids are okay. Yeah, yeah, the kids are alright. That's yeah. a, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On to yeah. the racing news. Yeah. Uh exterior was at Riverhead, which must have been muddy as all get up. Yeah, looks we strayed off trails yesterday morning out there and we strayed back onto gravel very quickly. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, did you run on any of the exterior ones that the exterior? No, they been weren't. Through? They were just uh, up off Anzac. For anyone who's listening, might know where it is. We ran. Um, oh, did you hang a left and go down Chorley's track down past the Cody? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Like, Whoa, let's get off here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all ended up on our backsides. Nice. Um, so yeah, it must have been muddy as hell. And some of the photos and Strava updates that I've seen from people who ran an extra at Riverhead it looked, looked fun put it yeah, that way yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah the racing season's really ramping up in Europe and America isn't it yeah just going off mm. so we've got a couple of mates over there yeah we do or heading over there yeah yeah so. yeah so our friend Thomas is over there he's prepping for Leadville which 
will be the weekend after this comes out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Some friends going over Just doing you. some gymnastics on the timings of when the podcast comes out versus now and the time shifting kind of thing. But uh, yeah, he's he looks like he's having a great time running 14ers and things. And yeah, yeah, getting acclimatized. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Tom Agusa and Andrew McDowell. Yeah, going Still don't have his leave application. Oh, yeah, I know. I haven't got it either. It's just disgraceful. Anyway, yeah. he's uh, heading off to UTMB. Well, they're both heading off to UTMB. And what I like is, um, you know, there's these races that you sort of follow and you read about and you might watch videos of. But I don't know, something of having some people that we know really well who are yeah. going to be there just makes me feel so much more connected, connected to it. it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. 100%. There mm. was Sierra Zanal this weekend. It or was. last weekend. This weekend. Last night. Last night. Well, when we were recording the show. Yeah, yeah. last weekend. Let's go with that. 31 yeah. kilometers with 2,200 meters of ascent uh, with views of five of the 4,000 meter peaks of Switzerland. Massive field. Eh? Oh, huge wow. field. Yeah. And, and did you see that shot of the press conference uh, with the head Ruth Croft in it? You know, and I there didn't. she is. Oh, yeah. So there's Ruth, and then there's you know Wormsley, Jim Wormsley. There's Killian Journey, and um, you know, it, oh, sorry, I'm just having a brain yeah. explosion. But just thought, wow, what a, you know, what a stacked field they yeah. had there. They always do, don't they? Um, huge field, and it really came down to the biggest of them all. Yeah, it? Killian Journey, mm. six times winner, but he went under Jonathan Wyatt's men's record of two twenty nine twelve set in two thousand and three. So that's stood for. So think about that. Yeah, that's Killian's, for 16 years. 16 years, and Killian's gone there and won it six times and not even be able to run as fast yeah. as John O'White did in 2003. And, I, I mean, I just I, – I put this in the show notes further down, but let's deal with it now. But, you know, I don't think people in New Zealand recognise what a force of nature and what an incredible champion Jonathan Wyatt 100%. Is in fact, was, if you ask you know, most people who Jonathan Wyatt was, they'd say, I don't know. Yeah. Even even a lot of runners, I think. A lot Absolutely. Of trail runners. Absolutely. Who's Jonathan Wyatt? I and yet know. here he is. You know, he, he held that record for so long, as you say, 16 years, uh, and has only been taken down by, by Killian Jornet. By Killian Jornet. You know, uh, arguably. If somebody's going to take your record, let it be like him. If, if, if I had a Strava uh, crown, which I don't, um, and and Killian Jornet took it off me, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he went to twenty five thirty five, which is again he's taken a bite out of it. He really he has. Really has yeah. um, Petro Mamu was second, and uh, Jim Wormsley. Don't know if you know who he is. Was mm. third, six minutes behind Jornay, which is te- I mean that is terrifying. If you think about someone mm. like Jim Wormsley and Petro Mamu, how they're second to Jornay and how fast. Yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely. In the women, it was Maud Matthews, who also ran a course record with 249.20 in first, Judith Wider in second, and Sylvia Rampazato in third. And the one and only Ruth. That was pretty Yeah, That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> Ruth Croft was fourth, a tight finish. Also, Holly Page was eighth, which she was delighted with, and you should... Um, delighted with a top 10 finish yeah she went into she went into the race saying she was hoping to go top 20 and so to come out with eighth uh yeah well done holly although she did say that she was so exhausted afterwards she couldn't eat the chocolate at the finish line (laughs) it's like i I like that i like that as a measure of exhaustion (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) how tired were you after the race i couldn't eat the swiss chocolate (gasps) wow okay yeah yeah hey the heads i've seen on twitter um a bit of debate and camille heron's been getting into this about drug testing right um, and whether or not it was adequate and whether or not it's generally adequate at these sorts mm-hmm. of races, um, particularly given uh, Maud was, was, she was given a reprimand for using a banned substance in 2015, uh, which was kind of, 
dealt with because it turned out to have been a fertility drug right um, that she'd taken even though it was on the banned list and so she ended up with a reprimand uh, so a bit of a you know unusual circumstance there but nonetheless it was mm-hmm. a you know infraction and Petro Mamu was given a nine month ban for using an asthma medication in 2017 so he had two of the people on the you know up on the dais who'd had sort of scrapes with anti-doping mm. agencies and so there were questions around hey you know what are we doing in this sport but um, apparently Swiss anti-doping agency tested the first five men and women wow. so I mean I hope that in our sport as it develops and grows especially at those high profile events that there is more attention paid to doping and 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 anti-doping absolutely um 100%. And yeah yeah, we you know let's let's as we grow, let's make sure that we keep on top of that. I mean, I I, I don't know. Have you seen Icarus? Yeah, I, I'm really late to the game, obviously, and and as I am for most things, and saw it you know a, a couple of months ago and was flabbergasted. And if you can if you can put in, in, into a mechanism to cheat that level of scrutiny, yeah. And with yeah. ultra running and oh, trail yeah. running and all the money that's involved now in sponsorships, absolutely. you know, yeah. and, and also the the pedigree of, well, not the pedigree, but the. It's not like within the context of high-performance sport in Europe, and I'm sure the USA, but mainly Europe, that doping exists. Of course it does. Yeah, of course it does. You and we're, we'd, be, we'd be idiots to think that it doesn't. And, you know, even at our level, you know, there'll be people who have cheated. In fact, John Onate, yeah. uh, he spoke about, he's a, he's a cheat, he's a drug cheat. No, he's not. He's, he's a not. doctor. He talked about... Um, yeah, when we so, did that interview, or when you did that interview with him. Concierge medicine. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, of course it goes on. Um, and it's just incumbent upon race organisers, upon authorities to uh, crack down on it and make sure that it doesn't uh, become a thing. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on to uh, cheat, cheat adjacent S- topics and stuff, stuff you should, should know. know. Stuff you should know. Stuff you should know, Matt. Hit the record button. That was a good one. That's a good stuff you should know. Anyway, I I actually seldom come up with stuff you should know. It's usually Eugene who uh, rolls, oh, joint effort. rolls through with them. If It's a joint effort if you consider that you do most of them. Um, but I wanted to talk about building your team. I, I've been quite taken with Jason Coop uh, since our um, conversation with him. And I have... Probably in the hierarchy of needs, that's something that I actually haven't focused on before and sort of building your team in terms of people who help you or people who you enlist. And for those of you who don't know, or those of you who m- might know, is most Dirt Church radios, you'll hear me coughing in the background. Mm. I have a chronic respiratory um, disorder. I've had asthma basically for as long as I've been alive. And um, I thought it was quite well controlled and that I just had sort of a virus. I went to a, a change GPs. And went to a uh, went to this GP because as I was getting older, I was getting a little bit worried about this sort of ongoing, ongoing cough. cough. Mm. And uh, sat down with me and said, "Look, mate, your asthma is actually really poorly controlled. Even though you're on a preventer, even though you're doing these things, even though you know." And I was like, "Well, I ran two half marathons at the weekend." He's like, "Well, that's making me scratch my head, mm. and I can top out a peak flow, but my asthma's and my asthma's poorly controlled." and I'm wheezing, and I cough, and all that stuff. He sat down, suggested uh, adding another therapy and a referral onto a sports medicine guy, you know, or, mm. or girl. I don't know if the, the gender of the doctor, but a sports medicine person specialising in respiratory um, 
illnesses. And I just felt so much better about the whole process. And you might notice in this, and I haven't coughed. Mm. And the last interview we did before we recorded this, I didn't cough That's right, right. The way through. Yeah. Um, my first run back, I felt like I was actually drowning in air. I felt like yeah. I was, that, that, that I texted Eugene when I got back, I felt like I was drowning in air. So I guess for me, and I, it's a two-pronged thing. One is build your team around you. So mm-hmm. have people around you, enlist the help of people, professionals that can help you. And the second one, and this is kind of a cliche, is um, you know, men, and especially men, go to your doctor. Mm. If you're worried about things, yeah, don't just put up with that. Cough don't just or put that, up with it. That, you know, that lump whatever it is, or that, that whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, go to your doctor. And I'm a health professional. Mm. You know, I'm someone who says go to your doctor, <laughs> and I, I, I didn't. So mm. yeah, that's. But you have, and I love that description that you gave of drowning in air. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's, I can picture it. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what an improvement it's going to make to your running, which I'm really terrified by. And my podcasting. <laughs> so yeah there we go surround yourself with a good team and men go to the doctor go to the doctor yeah mm. alright stuff no that, no that was stuff you should know stuff you should oh, know oh actually and I better, if I better not too, get too good though because I'll get banned true yeah, exactly. so I'll just have to hold it I'll, yeah, having I'll, what I'll do is I'll dial it back had... to like medio- like heartfelt mediocrity yep. oh, I think I'll aim for that yeah yep, yep. let's let's do that yeah alright <laughs> Greatest run ever. Yeah. So the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. You know, when that time you won Sears and Arl and smashed Jonathan White's record, well, it could be if you wanted it to be. But uh, just it could just be a run around the block, something that's sung to you for some reason. Send it into us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com or via our social media. I have had a sneak peek at this week's one, and it's a pretty special one, uh, which you'll see. So this is from Lee Barrowman. Hey guys, I thought I'd try to put into words my greatest run ever for your show. I love it by the way and find the guests you have on always inspirational. Well thanks man, here goes. Firstly, a little context. I'm a shift worker and fit running in and around work and family life as I'm sure many people have to. This also means I spend most of my running going solo on the trails around Wellington. For a long time I've admired the ultra distance side of the sport and I wondered if I could finish a long event. This year I turned 40 and decided it was time to stop putting it off. The midlife crisis says the wife, cheaper than a Harley, says I. Well, it's true. Hmm. Um, so I found myself stood alone in a crowd in the dark at the foot of Mount Cow Cow last weekend with the Wu2K 62 kilometers ahead of me, thinking, what have I gotten myself into? No backing out now, especially as I decided to raise sponsorship for our local charity, Potorua Sing Your Lungs Out, who do sterling work with a choir of sufferers of respiratory disease where singing can help with lung function. Aww. The countdown from 10 and we're into it, slowly climbing in single file to the skyline and the nervous energy was bubbling away as I just wanted to run and tame the apprehension. It wasn't long, though, until we were heading south on the skyline walkway and it was part of what was surely an iconic scene of a race. Twilight before dawn and a string of lights ahead dancing across the landscape, a definite highlight of the day. Then the apprehension turned to excitement. Feeling good, I only stopped at the first aid station to remove and stow my head torch and planned a longer stop at aid station two, where a co-worker had kindly said he would pop down on his way home from work and say hello. The faces around me were becoming familiar as we settled into a similar pace and the sporadic chat and banter started. Usual stuff, I guess. The experience, expectations for the day, great weather. Running into aid station two, I was greeted by many smiling, encouraging volunteers, part of the volunteer team who really make this special event and can't do enough for the runners at every aid station, and Duncan, my co-worker, was waiting too. It was great to see. 
After sorting out water and food, we had a quick chat and Duncan surprised me by saying that he'd see me at Aid Station 3 as well. What a good fellow, I thought, as I hadn't expected him to make the effort to see me there. Surely enough, he was at Aid Station 3 too. By this time, I was starting to feel the terrain in my legs. I owe this guy a beer, I thought, when he'd helped me out. And he said, see you at Ofido Bay, Aid Station 4. It didn't end there either. Duncan finally said goodbye at the foot of the tip track. An absolute gentleman who gave up half of his day off to make sure I had a familiar face to help. What a guy. By now the legs were jelly, but it was the downhills where I was really suffering. Everyone passing each other on the tip track had nothing short of encouragement for those going up and I tried to play it back, pay it back when I hobbled down tip track. Oh, that was done and I was on the home stretch, through the last aid station and more walking than running here. A quick text to my wife that I'm nearly at the finish as she'd flown back from the South Island with my son to be there and if only I can just keep those two guys behind me, it'll help push me home, I thought. If it was enormous at this point, the elevation of course taking its toll, cramps coming in waves, sore feet, and although I was on the home stretch, I started to really struggle to keep moving forward. Still, the guys behind haven't caught me, so I keep going. Into the urban parts and a road crossing into Mount Vic for the finish. Waiting to cross, I was caught by the two fellas behind me, and I was really struggling at this point. A big slap on the back and a friendly, we've been chasing you down for ages, said none other than Matt Raymond, which is, is me. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt and Eugene Knight entered the last few kilometres together. After this is him talking to us. After running with you guys for a while, the banter and good-natured cursing of cu- cu- cursing of the course lifted my spirits enough to pick up the pace a little, and with encouragement, I pushed ahead to the finish. I could hear the cheers as I crested the last little hill and waited to run the last fifty meters. And waiting to run the last fifty meters with me was my son Noah. What a special moment! Crossing the line with him, unforgettable. The emotion at the finish got the better of me. A bucket list achievement ticked off, and a fantastic day and a perfect finish. For a solo runner, the community vibe of this event was intoxicating, and I can only thank the organisers, volunteers, and runners who made Wu 2K what it is—a very special race. I'm definitely looking forward to 2020. This is my greatest run ever. I told you it was special. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I remember that. I got him at the um, totally. Yeah, I saw at that crossing. Him. Yeah, he, yeah. he kind of bantered down what I he he, he watered down what I said. But, no, it was great fun. <laughs> he, he also gave as good as he got. He I did. seem to remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. We really, really enjoyed that time with you on the trail, Lee, and we did tell you. Well, we kind of almost put a gun to your head and said, "Send this in as your greatest run ever." Uh, and I'm so pleased that you did. But I just love that it encapsulates so much of what is fantastic about trail running you know you make duncan coming along uh that that scene up on the skyline i thought yeah. you described beautifully it was amazing and and the fact that you know you do run solo and here you were being sort of um you know getting to experience that part of it the sort of community side of it and the the, the comradeship mm. on the trail so thanks lee amazing thank yeah. you man yeah right ultra chef ultra chef pat bowering mm. so pat is a chef and he runs ultra marathons, but it wasn't always that way. He was uh, headlong into the incredibly demanding, high stress, long hours, and quite hedonistic world mm-hmm. of uh, hospitality chefing. And in 2012, uh, came to the realization that he needed to make some quite sort of significant changes in his life, and he did that by running. Now he's gone from you know. A, 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 a person who didn't run to a person who is uh, sponsored by Salomon and is still a chef and is a avid ultra marathon runner. He coaches. Um, he's a great advocate for the sport. He's funny. Uh, his stories, as you'll hear, you know, some 
rather ripping yarns, yeah. and I think he brings a, just a real a realness mm. to the um, you know to the to the experience, and also I really enjoyed and valued his views on food mm. because you know if you give someone you know there's all too many people in the sport who put food on some sort of pedestal and, and you know, mm. you've got a pulpit, you use it, but he, he had a remarkably refreshing view. Um, I missed you in this conversation. I Eugene. being there. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. So without further ado, here, and I said that again, adieu, it was without further ado, here is Pat Bowring, the Ultra Chef. Dirt Radio. All right, kia ora everyone. I'm here with Patrick Bowring all the way from Rosebud, Victoria and Patrick, you're known as the Ultra Chef. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really That's good. That's really good. I'm glad I finally got your last name right. Uh, we had a bit of a schmozzle there. <laughs> That's <laughs> I think good. Behind the scenes, I've been trying to introduce the podcast for the last two hours. So, um, look, yeah, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Really uh, happy to have you on. Um, I mean, I've been following you for a while on social media and, and looking at your. Um, your story you're someone who's come to you know trail and ultra running from the hospitality industry yeah yeah that's right and and you know for those anyone who i guess knows the hospitality industry or certainly the more sort of storied aspects of it it's quite a hedonistic place you know lots of late nights lots of you know long shifts and seven day a week working how did you come to you know trail running um, well, I, uh, came sort of to running in general, um, probably about six years ago, um, when I sort of came to a point in my life where I needed to change a few things. Um, yeah, it's, uh, been quite a journey since then, but, um, yeah, I've managed to sort of, uh, make it work. Um, we just spoke earlier of, I'll find a bit about the current job that I do have, uh, in hospitality, and it's a dream job at the moment. It's a lot more flexible than what I'm usually um, used to maybe in the past. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of making it work, and it's really good at the moment. Do you work as an executive chef or uh, something? Yeah, I'm, I'm an executive chef, and I'm running a golf course um, in the hospitality sort of catering uh, area at the moment. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a lot more flexible and... Um, it's not your general uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner restaurant sort of setup. It's more catering for the golf members and um, functions, which makes it a lot more uh, easier, easier place to work at, and a lot more um, easy to set things up and make sure that the um, days and and functions are actually working. Um, you can just plan it a lot easier rather than just having random people walk in and bookings and such. You know what's going to happen every day pretty much so it's easy to plan right and i guess that gives you a lot of time for family and training and stuff like that hey? yeah it does it does um yeah it's it's basically four to maybe five days a week um i work on the weekends if there's a function um but apart from that usually um i have two days off at the start of the week um which allows me to um yeah have two days off in a row which is awesome and then um uh, my general other days are, are starting a bit, little bit later, so I get to do the the normal family things like making school lunches and getting the kids ready for school and and um, 
yeah, running before work, which is great. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, it is, uh, uh, you know, looking at your Instagram, you know, following your site, I mean, it's, it's been, it has been a real, and this sounds cliched in, in a way. I mean, you, you know, looking at you, you come from a place of, you know, um, working these long hours, doing things like you said, making, needing to get to a point in your life where you're making some changes to coming like seventh at the Buffalo yeah. Stampede Marathon. I mean, what did that and yeah. what did that entail? <laughs> well, it just, I mean, if you put it like I mean, if you put it like that, but, it's quite a change, hey. But there must have been a first. Yeah, and 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 um, and I look. I sort of when I think about it, just before I um, you called me, I was like, oh, you know, I had a thought about why or how I ended up doing, you know, so well, and and. I don't know. You kind of pinch yourself um, talking to being on podcasts and being um, sponsored and all that sort of stuff. And if you asked me seven years ago what if I'd be doing this, it'd, it'd be uh, or what I would be doing <laughs> would be a completely different answer. 100%. But um, yeah, I I, I just um, yeah, it's been a, it's been quite a journey, I suppose. To give a little bit of background story, um, uh, like. A lot of people in um, hospitality, and I suppose in in every industry, really. Um, um, I was sort of uh, burning the candle at both ends, um, and you know, I, I, since probably before I even got into that, um, as a kid, um, probably partied and uh, you know, drank a lot and did a lot of drugs and all that sort of stuff. And then <laughs> there comes a point in, in your life where you've, you've got to kind of make a decision. And, and uh, I suppose that's a part of um, growing up. But, uh, yeah, it sort of happened a bit later for me, which is um, in my 30s. And, um, yeah, I was sort of running. Uh, so I was, I was probably, to, to be fair, sort of a functioning sort of addict. So I, I, was, uh, I was running uh, four different restaurants at the time. Um, and so there was a lot of pressure, but I was so used to um, uh, having a drink after work or partying and all that sort of stuff. Um, I probably neglected a lot of a lot of things that I, I, sh- I shouldn't have. And um, yeah, a lot of bad sort of stuff happened all at once, like it does. And I just made the decision of uh, of uh, just trying to uh, turn my life around, which um, led me to putting the old runners on and. Yeah, trying to get fit. Had you run as a, had you run as a young person, or this is a totally new kind of new realm for you? No, no. As a as a kid, um, I ran a bit. Uh, I did cross country at school, mainly in primary school, and then um, uh, I sort of yeah didn't didn't run in high school at all, apart from probably after after year nine. So. Um, yeah, it wasn't exactly a new thing. I could I could run pretty quick um, when I was when I was young, but I um I definitely uh, yeah wasn't in <laughs> yeah I didn't have any base fitness when I started running. It was more for just like you or anyone else out there. Um, it wasn't just for fitness. It was but for my mental uh, state at the time. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, no, it was it was a good, it was a definitely a good move. Well, I guess it's that thing, isn't it? And when we were talking about it again, off air, I mean, like, running four restaurants, I mean, people, I remember seeing something with, um, or, you know, reading stuff like Kitchen Confidential, Anthony Bourdain, and seeing stuff with, like, you know, Maddie Matheson, <laughs> yeah. who seems to be, like, the, the, the one of the poster boys at the moment for that kind of chefing as the, as yep. the new rock and roll, but but he said, you know, someone, mm. 
he gets lots of people like accountants who write him and go, I'm going to quit my job as an accountant and become a line cook. Mm. And his response was yeah. like, why would you ever, why would you, yeah. why would you ever do that? Because it's such soul destroying hard work. You know, it, it is this yeah. kind of alternate lifestyle. I can imagine, you know, running four restaurants that yeah. would take its toll. Well, yeah, it does. I mean, to, to, to get there, um, you know, it, it is a bit soul destroying. <laughs> you know, you've got to you've got to work you've got to work um, hard, and you've got to um, put yourself um, in the right um, restaurants, and and you've got to um, probably most important thing is people have to respect you um, in the kitchen to work for you. The hospitality um, industry is is it's struggling for good um, staff, and it, it's always been the way. Um, but yeah, the, the, yeah, I, when I got to that, to that level, I suppose, um, yeah, it, it, it was all through hard work and I've always been a hard worker and my parents have been hard workers and, and I suppose, um, I had an interest in food and more so the, the sort of camaraderie you sort of get in, in a, a kitchen environment. Right. Like I, I really love, I really love that sort of aspect from it and working as a team. And um, I suppose not like a lot of industries that uh, if shit goes down, you don't, you can't take that five, five second break or fight that guys, let's just come over here and um, what, you know, solve the problem outside. You're, you know, you're constantly under, under pressure. So you've, you, it's, I love that element of, um, yeah, trying to be, trying to get through and have your team with you and everyone's got to be, Sort of working together all the time, so there's a lot of great things about the um, the industry, um, and I keep trying to get away from it, but somehow it just keeps drawing me back in. And unfortunately, it's usually money. Like <laughs> Carlito's but, um, way. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. But it, look, it, it's I, you know, oh, there's so many positives from from being in in that environment. I mean, I've had great apprentices that I've taught to go on and, and become. You know, really great chefs, and that and that element is is really good. That teaching side of um, showing people, you know, the best way that you know to do something um, is is really rewarding. Um, and apart from that, it's just it's anything can happen in, in a hospitality day. Yeah, I mean, it can be like it's just it's always quite exciting, humorous, and um, I think it needs to have that kind of element to um, because it is so stressful. You've got to have um, yeah, you've got to have like just something inside you that that can take that, or um, you can turn things around quite quite quickly. Right. It's. I mean, it sounds remarkably. I mean, I've never worked in hospitality, but I have worked in healthcare, and I do work in healthcare. It sounds yep. remarkably like a like a like a acute environment in any field of healthcare. You know, you've got this band of kind of brothers yep. and sisters, and it's sort of you against the world, mm-hmm. everyone's tired, everyone's, you know, at some point, yeah. either feeling oh, really yeah. great or feeling really bad. And then, you know, what have yeah. you, and there's often, you know, various shenanigans that are carrying on and, you know, you oh, work out. Yeah, I've had, I've had some, um, quite some confronting things happening in kitchens and you kind of remind me about a, a time I had this, this guy, I won't mention his name, but <laughs> he worked with me and, um, he was a young kid and, um, you know, he was, he was, um, he was using, I think, he, I think he was smoking marijuana at the time and it was a bit edgy here and there, but he, he had a lot of talent 
and um, uh, people had to walk around on eggshells at times when he got angry or you know if he got a bit stressed and stuff. But when he was on, he was he was great. But there was this one time, um, it was quite a a a quiet time during service period, and I I wasn't there. But I came back um, into into the kitchen, and and he was holding a knife up. (laughs) <laughs> and just screaming um, at this waitress, and um, he's, he's just like, uh, "I told you not to fucking use my knife, and if you if you would, you, you know, you have to you, ha- you have to bring it back clean." And I walked in, and I was like, "Jesus, what's going on?" Like he's pretty pretty intense kind of right. person, and um, uh, I don't know what he was going to do with the knife, but I had to sort of like take him outside and and um, you know talk to him, and and I just said, "Look." You know, you you've, you you can't do that. No. <laughs> you can't threaten you, you you can't threaten people with with knives at work. You know, it, was, it had chocolate all over the over the cake, and he was pissed off that she she um, just took it from the bench and didn't come back, and it wasn't clean. And then, uh, yeah, it, it just anything can really happen. But the the funny thing with that is he um I couldn't I couldn't I didn't have that many staff, and and like and a normal thing, you, you just get fired. You know, you can't really do that. But I just said, go home for the night and have a think about it, and just like we we need you to come back. And he was pretty um pretty erratic at times, but he was he was he. I just wanted to sort of turn him turn him around a bit. Yeah. And um, you have people and young kids, especially around in some of the some of the areas that I've worked in, that um you know they turn to cooking because um. That's the industry that sometimes that they that they're drawn to. But um, I did see him. He didn't last that much longer after that. But I did see him um, down the street when I was. It was probably about oh, I don't know a year later, and I pulled into um, the, the local service station and I had the kids in the car and I, I got out and he was there in his car and I was like, oh my god, this is this is going to go. I don't know Either how. One of two ways, yeah. No, and he turned around and he's like, Pat. I was like. Yeah, hey mate, how are you? And I was still like, you know, and he came in and goes, shook my hand. He's like, mate, um, I just, I just got to thank you, like um, the way, the way that you um, handled me at work and and what you sh- what you showed me, and and now I'm working at this place, and um, yeah, I'm not smoking weed anymore, and I've, I've sort of turned my life around. But I, I never, I never thanked you for what you know, all, all the stuff that you've done for me. And it was just like one of those small moments that you're like, oh. You know, like you spend hours and hours and hours with these guys, and you and you want them to and girls, and you want them to to go well, and it's those little moments that sort of kind of make it okay and um and and rewarding. Wow, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's just, that's that's oh. one thing out of probably yeah, a thousand. <laughs> but um, and then I guess it, you know it gives you a bit a bit of a snapshot. Yeah, and it's remarkably. I mean, apart from the the sharp knives, uh, it's kind of remarkably analogous <laughs> to. I guess to ultra running as well. I mean, it's less. It seems it's it's less high stakes in the in the in the sense that it's recreational, you know. And you could consider so that yep. cooking is professional and it's high art and it, it's all of those things. Yeah. But it is analogous mm-hmm. to to ultra running, isn't it? Like you're in these situations with people, you're in an intimate situation, and stuff can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And when it goes wrong, it can go really, really wrong. But I mean, like let's <laughs> let's fast forward a bit. I mean, I'm. I'm Again, you know, you're just about to take off on the road with um, Salomon for the road trip series. Yeah, what's what's that about? Yeah, um, it's just um, they they started it last year. It's a, basically um, a chance for a couple of the ambassadors and the athletes to get out to different um, running communities in different states 
and not just um, let people demo their shoes and um, watches and stuff like that, but it's also a good chance for them to run with some of the athletes and um, a good time sort of like to ask questions and um, just to hang out and basically just just uh, ha- have a good time. And, um, yeah, it's, it's I've been fortunate enough to go on a couple of them. Um, I was uh, at the last one in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, and for us, it's, it's great because we, we, we actually we can go to different states in Australia and we get to check out um, where different running companies uh, or running communities and crews run, like in, in national parks and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's just an awesome time. It's amazing. And, again, it's fostering that sense of community. I mean, one of the – yeah. how did you get involved with Salomon? I mean, again, it's a big jump from, you know, I'm going to put my runners on, I've got to make some kind of life choices to becoming a, you know, sponsored athlete and coach. <laughs> Yeah, well, it it kind of it kind of happened by chance, and a lot, a lot of I think I don't know in life without sounding too cheesy. If you if you do put um, positive choices in your life instead of negative negative ones, and you work hard, things seem to kind of work work out, or opportunities sort of arise. And um, I was running around Arthur's Seat, um, which is my local um, national park, mm. and um, I bumped into Madge Mayo, yeah. the other uh, uh, Solomon athlete, and um, he bought one of his mates one morning uh, for a run. I thought he was a mate, but he was the uh, the a guy from head office at Solomon. And uh, at the time, I was wearing hokers because um, I, do, I was just coming off a kind of a niggle. And he's like, "Oh, what are you what are you wearing those shoes for?" And I just, <laughs> you know, because he was he was kind of, he was kind of like trying to get to the bottom of. Of something, I said, oh, look, you know, um, uh, I had an injury. I, I was, I think, the the, the sense to, oh, no, no, I think I was, I was, I was wearing um, Salomon shoes, but because of the, my, I had a niggle, I changed to to Hoka's, right. and um, he said, look, we're launching this new shoe. Um, Francois is designing it, designed to have um, more cushion than um, than your, your standard sort of. Um, Salomon shoe, you should try it. So I was like, yeah, no worries, that sounds good. So next run, um, I saw him. He got he got a pair of shoes for me, um, and then uh, he just basically asked me how I, you know, do, do you like them? I said, yeah, they're they're awesome. Actually, you know, really supportive and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, well, do you want to um, do you want to <laughs> do you want to be an ambassador for the brand? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Of yeah. course. <laughs> and it sort of it, it kind of just started like that. But I did. He did know a bit about me and a, a bit about my backstory. And when we were running, obviously, you know, um, we were talking. So it probably wasn't just because of the me liking the shoes, but, the, but you know, because of who I am yeah. and what I could probably offer for the And, ha- and the, had, you um, been, brand, had you been but, racing at that great. point and having some success? Um, yeah, I, I had um, I had a bit of that bit of success. Um, yeah, I uh, sort of my. What happens generally is I enter a race and I come in the top ten. You know, if it's a if it's local or the bigger sort of national ones or sky running ones, I, I happen to go um, pretty well. But I haven't been. You know, I've 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 got on the podium a few times, but I just can't uh, win. <laughs> <laughs> just I haven't, I haven't I haven't been in the position to 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 get to the the top yet. But uh, look, I'm 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 flying the flag for the all the dads and mums out there who are. Probably started running later, and um, 
yeah, putting in putting in all the hard work. And to me, I'm, it's nothing really about the podiums. It's just getting out there and 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 doing the best I can. And and um, yeah, I'm lucky enough to be doing okay. Well, I mean, and I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Like I I came to running probably about oh maybe a bit a bit earlier than you, but like you know within the last ten years. And um, yeah, as a as a father and as a a professional, it, it is a thing that you can become an enthusiastic amateur at quite quickly. Hey. But you have, yeah, yeah. I have probably spent the first five years of my life like looking enviously at people who didn't have children and didn't have jobs or didn't have, you know, <laughs> going, oh, why can't I oh, do yeah. all the things that they can do? And then sort of realized that no, I'm actually in probably a better, yeah. <laughs> better position because my, while well, my life is fuller, yeah. you know, it's do you, yeah, with your coaching, yeah. I mean, how did you, when did you start coaching? How, how did that come about? Oh. Uh, it actually started quite funnily enough when I when I um, started um, running in a restaurant and I had um, other people running with me, right. um, and it kind of started from there. Which not nothing nothing um, you know not where it is today, but you know I don't know they they probably saw some changes in me and they they asked me and I entered a few marathons and then you know from there um, you know I'd start running with more and more people and then. After a couple of years, um, yeah, I, someone asked me if I could write, write them up a plan, and and um, from from now I sort of have you know a, a good group of of people that I look after, and it's um, yeah very uh, very rewarding. Is it mainly mum and dads, or is it people in the hospitality industry? There's, there, <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I think at the moment um, it would have to be. I, I think I have three. I have three chefs at the moment. Two, two, um, two girls and a guy. Yeah. And um, and uh, I have a few. They're they're all they're all they're all um such a broad uh, bunch of people. I've got a um eighteen year old who um uh, lives um in the Blue Mountains, and I've got a you know an oldest of um person who is a mum. And I mean it's all it's all kind of. Uh, yeah, eclectic group, but um, no, it's uh, you know I love it. I love doing that, and that's with this new job, it allows me to do it. It allows me to be a bit more flexible, and sort of when if, if I finish, I'll just set up in the boardroom and I'll take my computer in there and I'll check out what they've done for the week, yeah. and I'll um, yeah, I'll, I'll do a bit of that as well. And what's your main philosophy as a coach? Do you, what do you go for? Do you go for like something like a volume, or is it a more of an eclectic thing, or based around lifestyle? Yeah, it, it depends. It's it's based on lifestyle. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have one shoe fits all for everyone. Um, for the chefs and uh, people who work in hospitality, um, like I I understand exactly kind of their their hours shift mm. work. So, um, um, and then for the other people with mums, um, the mum and dads out there, and and the young kids, everyone's different. So um, you could probably give more volume to the to the people that have more flexibility with their with their time. Mm. Um, and then you sort of, uh, with the older people or people in um, who are a bit more time deficient, you probably target more sessions that are involved and um, really, you know, instead of volume, you sort of like target more more session-based right. stuff. So sort of more intensity working on the VO2 max type stuff and then kind of building a bit of volume when you can or at the end. Yep. Yeah. 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 And always. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? That, and I think back to that kind of like when you're planning your, your – for your hospitality mates, I mean, I was—I went for a run today, and I was 
I'm planning my next block of training and I was like, all my long runs have fallen like a Wednesday and a Tuesday in the woods. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh yeah. my day's off. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, oh. And then all my friends are running on yeah. the weekend. You're like, what? Oh, come on. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's the yeah. That's I guess that's just the way it goes, isn't it? It's not a one. It's not yep. a, a one size fits all approach to life because not everyone works Monday to Friday. No, depend. No, exactly. I've been I've been uh, known to uh, get up at two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning and just head out to the national park because I have something on the next day or the or um, you know put the head torch on or I'll go out to. Um, to a place in Danny and we'll do we'll do night runs and I'll go to work and I'll park my car at work and I'll sleep in my car for two hours um, before work just just so I can get the run in. I mean everyone's different but <laughs> you um it all depends on how much you want it I suppose and, right. and um yeah I mean it's yeah it's it's pretty much you you get out what you put in it's pretty simple. And do people in hosp- other people in hospitality who perhaps don't you know do they look at you like you're from another planet when they find out what you do? Like when you, you know, they find oh, you. They oh, probably see a few oh, yeah. shifts sleeping in the cars, but not because they've been running. Oh, I um, on Saturday night, I'm I'm leaving. It's we've I've just done a function and I've put on all my running gear. It's uh, nine thirty at night. And my kitchen hands like, uh, where are you going, chef? And I was like, um, I'm just going for a run. And then he's just shaking his head. It's just. But I was actually on my way to jump in my car and drive an hour and a half uh, to pace one of my mates who was um, running his first hundred miles. Right. So I, so I just it, it, it's it's often easier just not explaining. That's it's just right. like you know I'm going to go for a run. That's if you right. if you if you say something like that, it's just like they just don't believe they don't believe no. you. Or they they look in in, in shock. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, looking looking back at. Um, what I was doing back then and before I was running to now, it's like two separate sort of people. And um, a lot of people back then can't believe what I'm doing now. And a lot of people that I run with now can't believe what I was doing back then. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's kind of. Well, I mean, I guess it's this, uh, you know, and, and I don't say this with any kind of, um, I'm not being silly or funny. Like it's this, you know, the same strengths that you had back then, you know, like uh, staying up and, you know, Yep. Going to some probably you know you both euphoric and dark places and, and having that grit. I mean that, yeah. that's the things that you're employing now. How was your mate's um? Yeah. How was your mate's first hundred mile? How was that experience? Uh it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Which one was I, it? I rocked up. Um, it was the Yu Yang's hundred mile. Right. It's a it's a national park that's that's opposite the bay from where we live. If I go up to the highest point on Arthur's Seat, I can see the the mountain range over the other side of the bay. Yeah. But it's um, it's a it's a small national park. It's got a um, a mountain bike um, circuit around around the park, and um, yeah, it's got one major climb. But it's a loop miler course. Um, when I got there, I basically um, I snuck in a, a thirty minute sleep because I hadn't slept. Well, obviously, I'm going to be I'm, I'm going to be running all through the through the night pretty much. My leg was the last two loops, which is forty k. So. I wanted to have some sort of sleep before I started running yeah. <laughs> after working after working all day and driving there. So I snuck in a, a half an hour uh, kip, and then uh, uh, my mate Mick um, at that stage had just gone into first position. So um, yeah, I just sort of put, put my head torch on and a jacket, and um, when he came through the start finish line, uh, 
we were off. Wow. It was a, it, wow. he had a, he had a great, um, a great run and he's, um, he's one of my best, one of my best mates and his, his, um, mum unfortunately passed, uh, probably about four weeks ago. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a, a an emotional journey for him. And, you know, like I, I just, he's, he's a brave, brave person for, you know, continuing on mm. and, and not, not being, um, you know, not having, you know, losing that sort of motivation to keep training and to keep going towards a goal when something um, like that happens. Wow. I, I, and to and to come come away to, and with a win, you know, yeah. like it's it's a it's a big deal. I mean, that is a big deal, isn't it? You're in that position where you know yeah. by that time, what was his finishing time? Uh, I think it was 22 wow. hours. Yeah, 22 hours. Something. So by the time yeah. that you've jumped on board, he's been at it for let's say you know. 16, 17 hours, um, yep. has, you know, he's grieving, um, you know, he's, he's been up for hours as well. You've been up for hours. It's in the dark and you're in first place. Yep. So you've got that pressure. You know that there's, there's people hunting you down. Um, what, yep. a, what an yeah. experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you could see, um, because of the loop course, you go straight up, um, Flinders Peak, and when you're coming down, you can see because it's a kind of out and back bit. You can see how how close pe- people are from you. So the the guy in second wasn't that too far behind. And um, I think Nick hit. We sort of came off there, and he had a really really great run, um, uh, great descent down to a flat section, and then we sort of hit a flat section um, near one of the aid stations. And he he had probably a pretty a pretty bad patch for a good a good 10 to 15 minutes and we started walking and, um, yeah, yeah. He, um, you know, with big ultras, I just, I just turned to him and, and said, you know, mate, it's going to, it's going to pass. And we got, got some more food into him and, um, we, we just, he just trucked on and, uh, yeah, just great to be, um, in the front seat for once pacing and helping out a mate and being a part of it with that, um, Feeling too much pressure that you're all alone and by yourself in those in those big moments. Yeah, I mean that's, and I guess that's the thing too, isn't it? With that whole like, I've paced a couple of people, and it's almost that sacred position of of, of you saying, "Hey, look, you give you almost give the gift of perspective, don't you? You have that overview, like yep. you're feeling really terrible yep. at the moment. This will pass. Yeah, and it, it's yeah. how you how you get through that and having been it you know when you're in that situation where you're like this is the worst i've ever felt it's not going to get better or and then you do feel better it's yeah. it's such an incredible process oh it's great i mean we all know that you can go in and out of these um bad patches but when, once you're in that bad patch it you know, your mind starts to really play havoc with you sometimes, especially if you've been up for a while. So. Absolutely. <laughs> to get to get out of there and feel good again, I mean, it's, um, that's why we do it, I suppose. And have you got anything coming up? Are you training for anything specific? Have you got a race? Do you plan your race? Are you a person who sort of jumps into things not impulsively or are you, are you well planned out? No, I'm a bit of both, actually. Usually I have a quite I, – I, I kind of know what I'm doing for the year, but – um. This year, I kind of coming off Buffalo, I sort of went into that um, with a injury, and then I sort of came out with it being a bit worse. But um, my main goal was actually to get fit for Tassie, so for the Solomon um, uh, trip tomorrow, yeah. 
and I've been, I've been running consistently and, and well and being able to run with Mick last week for six and a half hours and pull up okay. I'm, I'm, that was my main goal. And so I've got there and then my only race that I've got planned, I've got, I've got some stuff planned in between that um, I'm not really voicing out loud until sure. it's kind of done, until it's done. But, um, it, it, yeah, but um, later in the year I'm going to give uh, – Great Southern Endurance Runner. Oh wow! Have you heard of that yeah, one? I have a, 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 a lad that we run with here by the name of Tom Hunt. Um, completed yep. that, and and Tom's a f- and Tom. Tom's a phenomenal runner, and uh, it, it yeah. took him a long time. You know, like I was yeah. doing the math. It's like if <laughs> you've taken that long, I would take never finish it. You know, like, it sounds uniquely difficult. Yeah, you'd be fine. No, but you, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's it, I, I don't I'm not, I'm not sure I think the average sort of top three or thirty hours yeah. or something like that it's it's from the course is reversed this year I don't think it was run last year maybe it's in every um by by yeah by year or something every two years but um I, this year we're running from Bright to Buller so we finish on top of Mount Buller wow. um which is I mean I don't know which way is better but it's pretty with um, that amount of elevation from one point to another, it's, it's going to be quite a quite a challenge. But I'm uh, yeah, quietly confident I'll get it done. Yeah, Tom said Tom said it was a, a real huge thing when you know, like the um, his second sun second sunrise. You know, he's he hadn't yeah. experienced yep. that before, and, and 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 you know, like Tom is a fast runner. He's um, yep, yeah. That, again, you know what that does to you? I guess you. you your mental state and your physical being and all of it. Incredible. Yeah. I'll try and, um, I'll probably try and like run through it, you know, without having any like sleeps and stuff. I, I did a, um, a run last year or the year before down under and that, that was a 45 hour run for me and I had to have two little, um, 15 minute naps. Right. But, um, I think I'll try and muscle through this, wow. um, time if, if I can, if I can, I don't think I was doing, um, caffeinated gels at that time okay. so i think I, I can have a couple of green teas along the yeah. way and um hopefully um hopefully i can keep the eyes open wow i mean it's that thing isn't it? those little 15 minutes or or shorter you know oh they're, they're gold do you do you nap at all during the day uh, i i'm a terrible napper and my wife is just in the room uh, okay. will attest that if i fall asleep in the day i invariably wake up very confused and suspicious and disorientated and yeah. like, who, whose cat <laughs> is those, that? Those clo- those, <laughs> you, know? you have those closed little eyes, yeah, that's, eyes like, darting that's around. That's exactly. Like, what's, what's going on? Yeah, but if I'm at work and I've done so, I used to do a lot of on-call work as a crisis team nurse and, and we'd be, you know, I, I yep. could be up from six in the morning until nine the next, ten the next morning and be at work from, you know, three wow. in the afternoon until ten and, the, the, you know, they were chef, chef, yeah. punishing. I would take a ten-minute yeah. like little disco nap, and it would work fine. But it had to be overnight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I love. I'm the king of naps. Oh, really? I'm that guy. That if you if you're driving me around to like to to get a takeaway pizza, or whatever, and you turn around, I'll be I'll asleep. be asleep. Okay. <laughs> I don't know whether I don't know whether it's because I really like sleeping, or I just don't get a chance. Because like at night, I probably I probably only have five hours or six hours sleep a night because of my days and. Um, work and training and family and what have you. But um, uh, if I if I have a nap, I even if I shut my eyes for like ten minutes, yeah. I wake up and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go yeah. now. So yeah, 
I don't underestimate the Nats. No, I reckon, no. A big maybe I need to maybe I need to train myself to <laughs> to do a bit of. But um, yeah, that's it. Just set the alarm. Yeah. just randomly during the day and try and close those eyes. But it's inc- I mean, it's an incredible sense of it. like when you started running, right? And I'm sure that you didn't have a sense of you know trail running or ultra marathon running that you're now in a sport or when you you get into the that sort of mindset where it's accepted that you will do some races where you will take naps. Like I remember Courtney DeWalter saying, you know, she took a, a one minute nap and she had a full, she had a full REM cycle, you know, deep sleep and then got really angry at a pacer when he woke her up thinking she'd slept for like 45 minutes or something. It's pretty mad. That's, uh, that's it's, I don't know. I, I thought, yeah, it's, it's got a, it, it helped. I reckon it definitely helps. And so, for, um, yeah. sorry to, to interrupt, but for yourself as a as a no, as a chef and talking about nutrition, I mean, what do you eat when you're when you're running? Do you are you more of a real food guy? Do you prepare things, or do you rely on sort of sports food, as it were? Um, I have a big mix of both. Um, definitely in the longer longer runs. Um, you know, ultras or hundred k's, I, I definitely get lots of real food in. So it's a big, it's a, it's a mix between um, electrolyte liquids and uh, gels. But um, big fan of uh, fruit during the race um, at aid stations, and um, and uh, we make up these wraps, which are awesome. They're, they're, they're religious now. Every every even um, I've got a twin brother. He makes them, and a couple other mates make them for their runs. But right. um, it's basically um, you can put them in wraps or or um, bread or um, uh, rolls. But we kind of we cook off um, sweet potato yep. and um, we put that in the oven with some sea salt and we we um, we use sauerkraut. Yeah. So some sauerkraut and um, sweet potato and then we put. Well, this is my twin brother's um, take on it. He likes to put pickle pickle in his as well. Mm. Probably, probably subconsciously, probably thinks it helps with cramps, but I'm not sure. I'm not too too sure about that. But he's like, you've got to add the pickle pop. You've got to add the pickle right. pop. <laughs> I'm like, no, man, it's all good because you've got to. There's a real balance between uh, what's wrapped around that sweet potato, and if you if you get it, if you get too much liquid from the pickle or the sauerkraut or the beetroot kraut or the kimchi or whatever you're using, um, they can go soggy. Yeah. So there's a there's a fine line. There's a fine line, but um. Yeah, real food, fruit, um, sandwiches, uh, gels, electrolytes, and yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, and and maybe a bar here and there, and that'll do me for up to you know a day or two days of running. So sort of a, so a, a sensible postmodern approach. And do you have a philosophy? Are, are you a plant-based athlete, or do you are you omnivorous? I mean, I guess working as a chef, you you. No, look, I'm a moderate athlete. <laughs> <laughs> I eat everything in moderation, pretty much, and. Um, this is how far my diet goes. If if I'm going into a race or if I'm starting to feel really fit, I'll just start cutting out things like bad things. Like I won't have dessert for a while or, or sweets or sugar. And, and um, I don't look too much into it. Um, I, I I definitely don't eat too much meat um, at home. Um, it's usually lots of sort of rice-based dishes and um, vegetables and stuff like that. So I eat better at home than I do at work because, work you know you're tasting things here and there but um no everything in moderation yeah i said it's like michael pollan said you know the omnivores dilemma he was like eat eat mainly plants uh and not too much you know sounds pretty sensible yeah. but people yeah i mean people, sorry no, sorry um um 
people always ask me, um, especially some of the guys that I coach and stuff like that, um, about, you know, putting out uh, running plans with, with food, food plans and all that sort of stuff. But people are, um, I'd love to do it one day. If I had, if I wasn't working so much, I'd sit down and take a couple of months off and, and write, um, you know, different plans for different diets. And, um, so that way, whatever way you're inclined, you know, you've got these meals, um, every day, three, three meals a year or whatever yeah. it is, a balanced way to look forward and having that as involved in your training as well, eating. But, um, if you, you know yourself what, what, what's good and what's bad, well, you should if you're, if you're running. But, um, the less processed stuff is, is probably, you know, if you, the, you know, the more processed something is, the, the worse it is basically for you. So <laughs> eat fresh, eat, eat moderate and, um, yeah, eat well. That's definitely true. And it, it's really, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Like food should be a joy and it's something that, you know, yeah. like, well, A, we need it to live and, and B, yeah. you know, we're fundamentally hedonistic. So we do things that feel good and yeah. taste good and all that. So we should enjoy, <laughs> you know, what we're eating and, and, and yeah. And I guess there's the thing is that it's that moderation. So if you, you know, it's it's not going to yep. end your life if you, you know, have some have a bag of Doritos occasionally or do what you know whatever nah, X Y or Z. I have 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 two donuts. Don't have seven. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're you know 140 miles 140k deeper than ultra and that's, that's it. what takes your fancy. That's it. You can eat whatever you want. <laughs> so in terms of I mean I'm really curious as well I mean you you know you guys are you know we're down under we're kissing cousins whatever you want to say um yep. what is the Australian yep. trail and ultra marathon scene like oh it's great it's it, it's um I don't it, it's it's something um that it's it's like to me there's so many different people involved different types of people involved but we've got this one sort of uh love of this sport and i just i love the way that um there can be different groups of runners and different um friends or different communities involved Mm. in in the racing and the community these days and i I think especially with like the races down under or, or these not so big um events these people that are involved are taking time out of their day and they're in, you know, a, a, a place in like a national park. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's Australian sort of races. It's just a great thing to be a part of. Like it, it still, it still seems to be a little bit like underground right. and, and it's not so popular. You, you're not rocking up like a Western States where there's hundreds of, hundreds of people with aid stations looking after you. There might be one random dude trying to stay awake and it's just, it still has that kind of underground feel to me. Yeah. But um, obviously different races have different things. It's not like, um, you know, like a, a normal big city marathon. But um, I think the, the community involved is, is just is great and generally positive. It's, it's incredible, isn't it, that you can have within, and I just think about the, you know, the Aotearoa running community or the trial running community, you know, if you track down the island, <laughs> you can track different different communities yep. within a relatively small space. And if you look at somewhere like Wellington, there's there's some very distinct running tribes, if oh, you will, and they all intersect. But there's some, yep. you know, it's like this massive Venn diagram, and running's in the middle. But you've got all these different sort of diverse groups, and they contribute, you know, all sort of equally to this yeah. wonderfully diverse culture. 
We did. Yeah. I mean, you've yeah. got some big races in Australia, though. Hey, like I think about like UTA being the main one. That's one of the biggest races in, yeah. in the world. Yeah, that's huge. I think Ironman have just taken over as yeah, well. Yeah, um, I think they've just they've just bought that. Yeah. So generally, not the the. Um, I mean, that's more mainstream. Mainstream, definitely. And 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 I mean, it's such a beautiful part of Australia. It's 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 a it's a great event. Um, I think I tend to like the more sort of uh, grungier side to. Um, the events right. and, and less 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 big, but I don't know whether that indicates what sort of person I am or what sort of um, yeah. I don't I don't need big fanfare to to be to, to feel like it's an it's a good event or something I should be a part of. I well, suppose. I guess it's got to, uh, you know at the end of the day, all you need is tape showing you where to go and liquid at the aid stations, <laughs> yeah. eh? And the, and the moment... and, so, and sometimes not even yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you do, yeah. There's something special about. We did a race, you know. We'll stop ranting about it, and, and one day. But we did a race a couple of weeks back in Wellington called the Woo 2K. It's incredibly like yeah. grassroots yeah. event, but everyone turned. I saw that. Oh, it was amazing. It, if you, yeah, yeah, it was just like the whole. You know, you run into an aid station. It had a big race feel, but it was a small, yeah, you know, well, relatively small. It was it, you couldn't beat it. You really, really couldn't. Versus something, you know. Yeah. Having done both, it's you know the more sort of polished big races yeah. and the, the smaller ones. It's um, and often. Yeah, we have a great. No, often the you know like you don't get the big say international names, but the the quality yeah. of the races who turn up to these events, you know, like yeah, it's yep. terrifying how fast these people were going because you know this is the 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 place where they stand. You know, they're they're used to running on these yeah. trails and they're there to throw down and compete. Oh yeah, there's there's such there's a there's an amazing sort of I don't know as a as a spectator as well rocking up to these um, races the big ones with it where you know the the field's pretty deep but I, I'm I'm liking at the moment these other races that are coming to Australia as well that we had our first um, big back ultra big big backyard ultra Did, have you heard about I, that one? Uh, I was yeah. one of the race directors for the Riverhead Relapse so we our oh, one was the one with the uh, Dr Katie Wright. First woman in the world to win a cool. last business standing. Oh, that's so that's so good. It's so impressive. <laughs> you know, you know, doesn't these? I like the fact that people can rock up, and they might be no namers, but they just have that. You know, they just they just have that mental oh, thing mate. where they can just like you don't have to be the fastest. You just have to rock up, and you just got to keep going. And that to me is just it's just great. I it love was it. an amazing like the thing with. You know, getting into this last person standing format is is what it. Mm. I mean, it knocked so many people on their asses because what they, you know, I had lots yep. of friends who trained really hard for it, but what they didn't yep. take into account is that you can't, you can't slack off, or you can't if you have a bad patch, you can't walk for fifteen yeah. minutes, or you can't. Do you know what I mean? No. And you had, you know, no. we had this athlete. His name is Ian Evans. He lives in he lives in Wanaka. He's from the UK, but he lives in Wanaka. His split, he did 20, I think 27 or 28 laps. He'll correct me on that. Uh, <laughs> his splits between those two, from his fastest to his slowest, was 42 seconds. It was 40, oh, 42 <laughs> seconds difference. <laughs> you know, People, like, over 100 are, are miles. Like, in, insane, like, robots. Yeah. <laughs> and his affect didn't change the whole t- like he just was happy. Well, yeah. at least when we saw him at the village, you know, he was happy and smiling and just 
looked so in control. It just it's that's a what, that's, di- different type of yeah. racing. Yeah, it's that's really, and you can be standing in that sort of race. You can be standing next to you know a top top end athlete, or you can have you know some guy who just wants to give it a crack, and that that's yeah, it's so good. I love that concept. Absolutely, and I, I'm really looking forward to you know like seeing. Obviously, we're going to do it again next year, but but seeing that kind of take off and and be a sort of different yeah. different type of racing, and I guess it adds to the the diversity of you know this sort of wonderful running culture. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a crack. I'll give, I'm gonna give it a crack next year. Fantastic. And if I can, if I can, if I get tired and I can sit in a chair for five minutes and just uh, just run a, la- a lap slightly quicker, I'll do that. I'll just keep going. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that's that's my that's my race. It's a good strategy. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the person who um, came, he was the last person to DNF after Katie. His name's Adam Keane. He's from uh, he's from Southland, and he. Yeah. I mean, he was the running equivalent of a drunk at a wedding, a drunk auntie. You know, like, I'll tell you when I've had enough. And his lap times were <laughs> utterly, you know, like, he, I think he, again, he ended up, yeah, he, he had the strategy. He said, like, wasn't feeling very good. So he busts out, like, a 48-minute lap, you know, over 100 miles, and then has, like, 12 minutes of rest. And then, yeah, he was. I'll tell you when I'm done. That's exactly what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> and he had all these different, oh, that's, that's yeah, awesome. all these different kind of strategies. You know, it was it was fantastic. Hey, look, Pat, I've, <laughs> I've it's been wonderful talking to you, and I've kept you for probably longer than you know your generosity is great. You know, talking to me for an hour, but oh, I'm no. going to ask you that question oh, that we ask any everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio, and that's, hey, Pat, you know, what's your greatest run ever? Um, my greatest run, I've uh, I've had some pretty epic um runs with the police chasing me when i was younger but probably um save that for a different podcast but um i i can't i've been thinking about this and I, I can't go past um my first um alpine challenge run um uh there was uh a moment where i picked up my mate mick who's who's actually pacing me in my first uh, mountain run at the time and we got through the night section and i was falling asleep and stuff like that and um, there was this moment where we came up uh, to the top of the climb, and um, at that moment, I think I was—I think I was in fifth position, and we could see fourth and third, just probably a couple of k's in front of us. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, pretty much, it was kind of like a little bit uh, something out of a movie, but um, a horse, um, a wild horse, sort of tra- sort of uh, rode past sort of beside us and, and behind it, whether it was a mum or dad or, or whatever, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but it was this little foal, oh, wow. little baby. And wow. Was, yeah, and the sun was just came up at that that moment. The sun was rising over the Victorian Alps and I had this horse and my best mate sort of running running beside me. <laughs> and it was just it was just the most amazing thing. You wouldn't you wouldn't um it was just something out of a movie yeah. and I whenever I think whenever I think about best moments or best runs, um always comes back to that to that moment where um i was you know about to finish my first um mountain mountain sort of um miler and i had my best mate there and the sun was coming up and um a couple of wild animals were running running with us it was just a magic moment and um yeah just unforgettable i mean you couldn't hallucinate a bit of more sort of nah it was just no it was just amazing and that that was you know 
it's up there, one of my greatest runs at the moment. It's, it's awesome. Fantastic. Hey, look, man, thank you so much. Enjoy the road trip uh, uh, with, thank you, with Salomon. And um, look, hopefully yep. we can... Um, get over the ditch that's definitely the goal in the next little yeah. while and do some racing and hang out the... yeah vice, vice versa fantastic yeah I'll, I'll come out and do the, do the backyard yeah office. man come um, you can stay with us we just we, just, <laughs> we live on the forest oh well I'll, I'll hit you up fantastic alright man cheers very much alright mate my favourite part of that whole thing was when he was talking about the guy who met him at the gas station and he said <laughs> He said he got out of the, the truck and he, his, his voice and, and he said the guy went, Pat! And he went, oh yeah, hi. <laughs> We've all had meetings like that, haven't we? We have. Like, oh, hi. hi. Oh, it's going to go one or two We ways. have, we have. Hey, what a character. Yeah. And great conversation. And Absolutely. I was going to have missed it, but I'm lucky to have heard it. So, and so are you lot. The listeners. The listeners, yeah. Mm. I was like, there's only me here. Yeah. But hey, look, mm. thank you so much. That was another episode of Dirt Church Radio. We have some incredible guests lined up uh, the next coming weeks. Uh, you can find us on all the social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, FM Player. Um, we're on Spotify. If you do come to us at Apple, please like and rate us um, or subscribe and rate us. It helps people find us. Mm-hmm. And if we're not where, we, where you want us to be, let us know. Yep. You can send us your greatest run ever, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com or pick up some swag. Yeah. Dirt just Church t-shirts, dirtchurch, merch, N-E-R-C-H at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, or go and have a look at the website. There's a, a page there we can have a look at the shirts themselves Damn and right. see the design and stuff. Thank you, Sarah Douglas, for doing that design for us. Thank you to Rebecca for taking care of the sales for us. Yep. Well, basically for not trusting us with the sales and actually getting onto it. It's the right move. I wouldn't trust totally us either. the right move. Yep. Because uh, we're useless. Right. Well, I'm speaking for myself. So, uh, don't forget to send in your greatest run ever. I already said that. Thank you to our partners, Ultra Spire. Sealy. Yep. My Spring Energy. Further Faster. Yep. Mm. We've forgotten anyone? I don't think so. Uh-huh. Thanks to our editor, Kieran. Yeah. And, and congratulations on the B-ball, bro. Yep. And we've got another great guest. Kakite. Kakite. <laughs> Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>